Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. I'm Dr. Selena. I am also really glad you joined us. When you were growing up, did you play the telephone game? I remember it very well. We would gather a group of kids together in a circle and one person would start by whispering a phrase into the next person's ear. That next person would listen and then whisper what they heard to the next person and so forth until at the end, the last person would say that phrase out loud. Usually everyone then would burst into laughter because the last person's version often did not sound anything close to what the first person had started. Admittedly, the game certainly changes over the years based on the ages of the kids involved. Eight-year-olds at a birthday party are adorable. Topics certainly change when it comes to preteen and teens. And if I remember correctly, it wasn't nearly as fun if we got the message right. Right At the end, if they gave a shout out to the person and uh, said the message that matched, eh, it wasn't nearly as exciting as what it sounded like if the message really ended up messed up. One of my undergraduate nursing classes a number of years ago decided to prank me a little bit. As part of a communication unit, each had to engage the class in some fun, simple communication activity that highlighted key points we were reading about in the research. One of them decided to do the telephone game and I ended up in the middle of the transmission sequence, except that I am not a nursing professional. I was teaching organizational behavior. Most of them had at least 10 years of experience in their field and I didn't speak their language. And my transmission of the complicated report that I was asked to pass on didn't even come close to what they had asked me to share. Well, it made for a good laugh and I did give them full credit for the exercise and yet an even better conversation about knowing your audience came out of that. Speaking the same language and what is the best method to communicate that information through, right? That's really what the purpose of that exercise got us to. Whispers in the air with complex information about a topic I didn't know, not such a great move. Does anyone else listening today feel like you are living that game continuously at work? The telephone game adult workplace version is in full swing in our organizations. I see the scenario almost every single day. Recently, I was sitting in a meeting with a couple of clients watching the struggle. Now, mind you, it's not that we didn't work on what that struggle was, but let me tell you the few moments before that coaching session of me watching them interact. I was watching people say things to other people that just weren't reaching them effectively. I watched several people not turn towards each other when they were communicating, but instead face me and not the other people. They were describing situations that gave each person's recollection, and yet you'd wonder if they were the same scenario, meeting, or conversation because they did not sound remotely close. 
It felt maybe a little like some strange out-of-body experience in the moment as I sat there with some sort of time warp slowdown and gazed around the room, thinking to myself how many times every single day in every single team and company this happens. What's it actually going to take to move the needle, to break this, to make this better? What would it take to change this and make us more effective? I don't think, and I've shared with you before, that communication is a new topic. And I think challenges of communication have been around since the beginning of humans. Now, this client observation, as I was sitting there wondering, what does it actually take for us to fix this or at least make it better? And that takes, right, focus and effort and continuously working on it. And that was just one conversation between two people. It wasn't virtual. It wasn't in a loud production area. It wasn't on email, right? And we know there's so much email that is now continuously looping almost a nonstop telephone game each and every day through many, many circles of transmission that is overloading our communication systems and is certainly one of the biggest challenges of this adult game of telephone. Even if it's in writing, we all know that there are so many ways that the same email can be read with unlimited amount of interpretations. That's what the risk is. And what is it about group communication that has made it so much more complex to get it right these days on our teams? We have more methods. We have the face-to-face. We have an email. We have an IM. We have a Slack. We have a social media. Face-to-face virtual. So many methods and so many more ways to mess it up. It, because it's become more complex. We have those layers and layers of the telephone game circle layered on top of each other. They're stretched, they're pulled. They reach across the organization. They go outside of the organization and it's done in hyper time. There isn't enough time. We can't get to it as quickly. People needed it before we even knew it was needed. Hyper time amongst continuously shifting priorities. We've also done more cross-functional interdependent teams and less department silos. I really want to encourage us that as we look at the group communication research and the situations that come up in our teams every day, we need to be able to map it out. We need to create an internal communication plan that is reviewed every few months to ensure that is still the best combination of information using informal and formal methods, meeting audits to understand how meetings are used effectively and efficiently, and what our standards of communication are to know that when we meet, when we email, when we IM, it is the most effective choice we have given the audience, the message, and what we need. Who knew? that growing up, this would be the game we live every single day. How many multiple circles of the telephone game intertwined do you have going on right now? 
a lot, I would expect. Now, I always will encourage you, every single episode, any conversation you have with me, I always say, start where you can, make a difference where you can. And while I love to say that, and I do truly mean it, I want to change styles on you today. Even when I was sitting in that client meeting not too long ago, I just wanted to say what I'm about to say to you, stop, stop the insanity of miscommunication, stop the telephone game. Remember that moment I shared with you earlier about that client, I just wanted to say that out loud. But I know (laughs) that in that moment, while I had to take that coaching opportunity as they worked through that conversation to say, how do we fix this? We're not hearing each other. You're both seeing this from different perspectives. And I do. Sometimes I just want to say, stop. What is it going to take to fix this? Because the organization is still moving. Teams are still moving. And I do want you to start where you can. I want you to make a difference when you can. But sometimes you just may need to take a pause and say, what is the best use of my efforts right now? What is it going to take for our team of teams to collectively improve this? It's going to take us getting other people on board. I want you to be your best version. I want you to send a clear message to your next person and get that message around the circle. But you can't do this alone. Today, I want you to consider for group communication, we've got to do four things. Assess, prioritize, act, measure. You as a team, you as a company or department leader, assess what is the biggest area right now that is causing the most disruption or misunderstanding in your communication. You could conduct a survey. If you need a sample or you need some help with that, we can help. Conduct a survey. What kind of information do they like to receive? How often do they like it? What kinds of communication that you're doing now, are they effective or ineffective? Assess, have conversations. Look for the flow across your team or department or organization. Where are the constraints? Just like you would any other system analysis. Assess. Then prioritize. Make it important. Does it mean that you have to have a meeting about meetings? Is it training? Is it a reminder to everybody? Is it a hard conversation? What we know is this doesn't usually get better all by itself. You have to prioritize and then you need to act on it. You have to do it and you have to keep doing it. You need to make sure you make it not only that priority, but that you follow through with actions. Remember, there is a cost to doing something. Not just money, but time, resources, and focus. If you decide in your team you want to work on this, you're going to spend time on this and not doing something else. And what I know about those of you listening, you have a long to-do list. You got other stuff you got to get to. Reconsider this as an investment because if you don't spend time on this, there is a cost to that too. If it doesn't change, it will keep costing you, your team, your organizations, and ultimately all of the people you serve. Now, you do need to give it some time. You do need to reinforce it through that prioritization and act, but you need to measure results. 
for the next quarter? Is it that you want to try and improve email communication? Is it reviewing a meeting that just doesn't seem to be effective anymore? Is it saying to coworkers as we go into a new quarter, what's the one thing we could do to focus on improving our communication even more? Maybe one change is making subject lines clearer or the specific ask in an email. Maybe it's clarifying when do we meet, when do we call, or when do we send an instant message. Group communication is really the adult telephone game wrapped multiple layers, multiple times, stretched over spaces and places. So what can you do to make it more effective? So we've been at this now a few months, and the team here at the Workplace Chameleon has really taken a close look, not only at other best practices out there, things that we've learned from podcasters and other people involved in this kind of process, but also looked inward to what is our space and place in this and how can we be most effective? So now that we've got a couple of months under our experience here, we're going to launch a new feature to the podcast, and that is three things. Every episode, I will note three things you can do to use this information to challenge yourself or to share it with somebody else. Three things. And while I know my own style is usually a rapid fire list of different kinds of ideas sprinkled with some humor and then listing out other things that you can do. Each time we'll end with three things. Today, number one, analyze your audience. Kids like to stump each other and come up with something likely obnoxious just to see if it made it around the telephone game circle. That is not your job at work. Your job is to assess your audience and meet them where they are at, not where you expect them to be. You already know what you need to say The key is to know what they need from you. You have to think like your audience. Number two, improve your clarity. What is the purpose of the communication you are sending, whether it is face-to-face, via Zoom, email? What is it you are sending? What action do you need them to take? And what is the deadline? And it is one of my favorite techniques from a longtime colleague, Lauren Cannon, who shares PAD, Purpose Action Deadline. While I love openings and closings in emails and relationship builders or uh, those moments in conversations face-to-face where we chit-chat a little, somewhere in between, in that email or conversation, I need to be clear about what I need, what I am offering, and what the timeline is. Number three, check for understanding. Even if you and I meet in the hallway of our building or an aisle in our operations area, we can talk and confirm what did we just decide here. This impromptu meeting might have only taken a few minutes, but as we each walk away, I can pause and look at you and say, here's my next step, what's yours? And that allows us one more point of clarity before we both step away to what's next. In all types of meetings, I urge us to clarify at the end of each meeting, what did we decide here? Who is responsible for that? And what are we telling everyone else? Let's leave the fun version of that telephone game to the kids. We have opportunities right now to make our team communication that much better. And in our next episode... 
<laughs> we'll take on why adulthood sometimes still feels like the junior high cafeteria at work. Stay tuned, take care, until next time.